in seventh grade, I sat next to this boy named Jason B. And um, we sat in language arts class, Mrs. Walton's class together, and um, we shared a table, and most of the time, we like said sarcastic things and passed notes to each other throughout class, and it was really fun. And he hung out um, with my group of friends at the lunch table on a regular basis, and um, I really enjoyed talking to him. And then one day, he gave me a note. Now, I realize that this is an obsolete concept, but back in the day, um, if a guy liked a girl, he would give them a note. And what you would do is you would write your note on a piece of loose leaf paper, and then you would elaborately fold your note. There was a lot that went into the folding pattern. It was like origami um, that went into that, and then you would give the girl the note. And so one day, as Mrs. Walton was letting out seventh grade language arts, he slid the note across the table and then beelined out the door. So later in private, I read the note, and it was his confession of undying love to me. I gotta be honest. There was a poem. It said things about my hair and my eyes. And would I please, please consider being his girlfriend? And there was lots of rhyming. And it was very sweet. And then it said on the bottom, please write me back and share your feelings with me. And so I didn't. Um, seven days went by and I didn't answer the guy. And I feel a little guilty about that now, but we'll just, so I just completely hardcore ignored him. I deliberately um, walked a, a different route to class so I could avoid him. I acted like I was very interested in everything Mrs. Walton had to say. I hardcore cold-shouldered this poor guy. Until one day, I um, was coming out of the girl's bathroom and, and he was right there. It was, it's a little less creeper than it sounded at the time because it was really completely my fault. And so he says to me, did you get my note? He knows I got his note. He physically handed me the note. So I felt trapped into saying yes, that I did receive the note. I didn't feel like there was any way out of that. And then he asked if I had read the note, which of course I obviously had. And so I said that I had. And then he said, why didn't you answer the note? And I tried to think of some really good reason, but instead I just stared blankly like an idiot at Jason B. And then Jason said, you should have just written me back. You could have said yes or no. You could have said you weren't interested. You could have said anything you wanted. Why didn't you answer me? And so I said, I'm not interested. No, thank you. Please go away. I know. I feel mad at me too. Seventh grade me was apparently a jerk. I didn't know it at the time. I just panicked. And what is horrible about this is I actually did like Jason B. I thought he was cute. I thought he was funny. I just panicked. That's all I had to say. Well, things got super awkward. Because then he asked Mrs. Walton if he could change tables, because obviously I told him to go away. And she didn't have a good reason, so he had to make up a reason. And things spiraled out of control. Fast forward to high school. We have multiple classes together in high school. I'm so embarrassed for my horrible behavior that I cannot make eye contact ever with Jason B. I can't look at him as we're passing in the hall. I can't ever be his partner in science class, even though we're in the same science class for four consecutive years. We're in science, honor science class. It was horrible. And it was, I, I don't know what happened, but something is supposed to occur when someone confesses to you their undying love. You're supposed to give them a response. And apparently seventh grade me did not understand that. And so I gave no response. But I tell you all this story 
to ask you, what do you do when someone confesses their undying love to you? What do you do when, when someone says that they really care about you? How, how do you respond to that profession of love? And the reason I ask you that is because there is a God in heaven who has made such a profession to you. He, he said that he loves you. He, he's looked all down from heaven, from seated on a throne over all the earth, and he's looked down to this little dirty, dusty Grand Junction town in the middle of the desert, and he's found you. And he said, I love that particular student. He's made a proclamation of his love, just like Jason B. did. He made a proclamation, and each one of us has a choice. Are we going to be like seventh grade JL who just hardcore ignores that proclamation and says, no, thank you, I'm not interested, and walks away? Or are we going to respond to the proclamation of love that this God of the universe has, has made towards us because he's deeply and madly in love with us. And he would do anything he could to get your attention and my attention to be in a relationship with us. The greatest love story ever told is the story of how God loves his people. Not just all people everywhere in a generic sense, although he does love all people everywhere. The greatest love story ever told is how he loves you. Like you personally, insert your name here, how he loves you. And that's crazy. The Bible tells us that we all make mistakes. Romans 3.23 says, for the wages, or Romans 3.23 is for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. No one is perfect. That's super easy to get our brains around. I can recognize how many times I sinned today. I actually punched Sean in the hallway just yesterday. Like, we all sin, right? We all make, he deserved it, but it was still wrong. We all, we all make mistakes. We all honestly blow things and we, we do things that are wrong. And the Bible tells us that the cost of those sins, the cost of those mistakes is death. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin, for the cost of sin is death. When we sin, we earn death. And that doesn't just mean that someday we get really old and we die or we get run over by a car or something like that. It really means an eternal death, an eternal separation from all that is good and all that is God. The wages of sin is death. And humans tend to feel like their mistakes, their sins, keep them away from God. And that's sort of true. However, because of God's perfect and undying love for us, God didn't just leave humanity in this far away from him state, separated from him by our sins. He came after us. He pursued us. He chased us down to rescue us from the mistakes that we were making in our life. The rest of this Bible verse, Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages or the cost of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's this idea that even though we make the mistakes, even though we earned the death, that God himself died in our place because he doesn't want the mistakes to separate us from a relationship with him. In case you're wondering about poor Jason B, I looked him up on Facebook the other day and he actually has moved on with his life. Um, he has a wife and a child. I know you're sitting there wondering if he's okay and apparently he has, he has found love again. Um, but sometimes the word love, it doesn't really convey the fullness of what God's trying to communicate to us. Like God says, I love you with an everlasting love. 
And I think to myself, I use the word love today. I said, I love Chick-fil-A. And I do love me a number one no pickle ad Colby Jack cheese. I love it a lot. But it's not the same kind of love. And you know what else I love? I love those Valentine's boxes that my husband gets me with the chocolates inside. And the, not just all the chocolates, but specifically the creamy ones with the, I love those. Okay, those are good. And cheesecake is darn good too. There's a lot of things that I love, but it's not the same kind of love that I have towards God. And it's certainly not the same kind of love that God has towards us. And so when we use this word love and we throw out this idea that God loves us, we have to really think about what that love means. Because the Bible tells us that God's love began towards us, began before we ever even did anything ever to earn it. Romans 5, chapter 8 says, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly, while we were still of no use to him whatsoever. There was nothing we had done or could possibly have done at this point to earn the love of God, but God said, no, I passionately and sincerely and completely and wholly love you. God is so serious about his love. He's like, I don't care if they haven't done anything. I don't care if they can never do anything to deserve or be worthy of that love. I just love them. And God's love like that is life-changing. Like to know someone completely and truly and wholly loves you right this second and there's no possible way that they could love you more. Once we know that God delights in us, that God, that God truly delights in us, then, then all of a sudden it doesn't quite matter as much whether some, we have enough followers on our latest selfie on Instagram. It doesn't quite matter how our TikTok account is doing. It doesn't quite matter where we're at on the GPA or the sports stat. All of a sudden we're like, I'm fully accepted I'm fully and deeply loved. I'm chosen first by someone, and not just anyone, like actually God. It's impressive. And here's another truth. He's not just putting up with you. He's not just tolerating you. Sometimes we think, okay, well, he's God, so he has to be nice, so he has to actually love us, but he doesn't really love me that much because I'm a little bit of a mess up. I mean, look at what I did to Jason B., right? I mean, we all have these things in our life that we think inside, maybe I'm just a little bit unlovable. But the truth is, he delights in us, and yet so many of us are hung up thinking maybe he's mad. Maybe God's mad at me. And that's how I grew up. I grew up in church going to church a lot, very religious family. And I went to church week after week. And when I would sit there in the front row in the pew with my family and the priest would be up there talking, I could just tell that the priest thought that I sucked compared to him. I could just tell that the priest thought I, had, I was not worthy of the love of this God, that I better do something awesome to suck up to God somehow if I wanted a chance ever of like being loved by him. I could just tell from like the tone and, and just the way things were going that, that pretty much no one in the church that we went to was really worthy of the love of God. And so imagine my shock when as a freshman in high school, someone told me that that was completely untrue. And that not because of me, but because of Jesus, that I was given freely that level of pure love. 
that I was fully accepted and forgiven for all my mistake. That was mind-blowing to me. You know how when you're texting someone and they text you something and you're like, okay, I see your words, but I'm not quite sure what you mean. Like, are you saying that sarcastically? Are you secretly mad? Or are you saying that truthfully and you really are? It's confusing. So I redid some Bible verses to include some emojis because this is how we handle this in our culture. Like, if you want to throw something down and you want to make sure your reader doesn't think you're mad or doesn't miss the fact that you're mad with your sarcasm, you like, you know, you throw in some emojis to kind of help you communicate the tone. And so I think in some ways it would be sort of cool if God did this in the Bible so that when we read it, we would be a little bit more clear as to like, is he kidding? Is he serious? How serious is he in this verse? So I, I just took some liberties. Um, Lamentations 3, through 23. I think it would look like this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. Heart face, kissy face, hearts around, smiley face. His mercies never cease, starry eyes, beating heart. Great is his faithfulness, double high five and clapping. His mercy begins fresh and new each morning, fist bump, smiley, cool. Okay, that's kind of like the tone of that verse. And if you don't know that, you might think that it means the faithful love of the Lord never ends for those who are good enough. His mercy never ceases for those who deserve it. Great is his faithfulness to those who are faithful to him. But that's not what it says. That verse is talking about the great love of God, not just to a few precious, perfect people, but the great love of God that's available to all of us. Even those who hated on Jason Balza and um, punched Sean in the shoulder. John 3.16, okay, this is a famous verse in the Bible. I think it would look something like this. For God so loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. And look at all those emojis just coming out of the text. Now, maybe when you see emojis, you think that's how my mom texts. And so I also brought some gifts. Like if God had your cell phone number, I feel like this is an exact gift that he would choose to send you tonight. Right? I feel like that's what would happen. He would want you to know, or this one, abominable snowman, right? He would want you to know the fullness of the love that he really, really has for you. Yes. He is serious about his love with you. He really cares about you. He really, really loves you. And he would want you to know that. It's not just a religious thing. It's like, you're my best friend, a tack hug with a panda bear. You know, like, Jesus is so serious about his friendship with you and with I that there's nothing that would stop him from reaching out to us and expressing his full love. That's not religion. That's best friend status. And that's, what, that's the kind of love that I think we're talking about tonight. But some of you might think, but JL, God can't love me like that, not me. Maybe that's true for some other people in this room, but I've done some stuff, some stuff I wouldn't utter in church, some stuff that if you knew, you would be embarrassed of me. And, and I think at different points in our life, each one of us has felt that way. Maybe you're thinking, I have an addiction that just disgusts me. Maybe, maybe you're thinking, I'm, I have an eating disorder. You might be thinking about the sex that you've had with your boyfriend or how you know that you're deliberately talking horribly about people behind their back. Maybe you're thinking right now, I can't be fully loved by this God that you're talking about because, because I've heard about all this love a bunch of times before, but I keep sinning. 
I keep, I, I, I like grew up knowing all this stuff about God, but I just keep hating on God with making these dumb choices over and over. Guess what? Doesn't matter. He still panda hugs you and knocks you over with his love. Like he's so into you. He loves you. He absolutely loves you. Isaiah 118 says, come, let us reason together. Though your sins are red like scarlet, I can make them as white as snow, says the Lord. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, God is calling to you and he's saying, come home. Come home to this relationship that you can truly have with me. And I think of the, the moment when Jesus was dying on the cross and there was this thief on the right of him and a thief on the left of him. And those two dudes were gnarly. They were being executed for their crimes against humanity while Jesus was dying the same death and he was innocent. And one of the thieves just started talking crap against and about Jesus. And the other thief kind of like defends Jesus and tells him to knock it off and stuff. And then the other thief says to Jesus, remember me today like when you get to paradise, like remember me, like he's asking, like take me to heaven with you essentially. And Jesus turns to him, the guy is minutes away from death. He's legit being executed in this moment and, and he's a horrific sinner. And Jesus turns to him when he says like basically take me to heaven with you. And, and I would think when I read that text just for the first time, I would think that, that the answer would be Go do some religious stuff and earn it, buddy. You're on the cross for a reason. You suck as a human, and you're not going to make the cut. Like, right? I mean, he's being executed. That would be a logical response. Or, or, if, the, or if Jesus told to him, and he's like, you know, you got to earn this a little bit. You got to step up for a couple years, prove that you really mean this. That's not what Jesus said to the guy at all. He looked at the guy being executed for his crimes against humanity, and he said, today, Today, you're going to be with me in paradise. He, he didn't make him earn it. He didn't make him prove it. He didn't make him do anything. He just wide arm open panda bear hugged him from the side and was like, we're, we're friends. If you're sorry for your mistakes, you're in. And guys, that's the truth of the gospel. That's 100% what God gives to us. And I know I didn't do Jason B the right way. Like I was harsh on him. But I'll tell you what, there, there was another time when a guy pronounced his undying love to me and I married him. Because when someone pronounces their undying love to you you, you, you respond. There should be something in your heart that's like, I have to answer this human being. They, they, like, I have to say something. They love me that fiercely. And tonight I've shared with you that there's a God that loves you that fiercely. And he's made this proclamation of love, not just generically, but to you personally. And I ask you that question, like, what are you going to do with it? And we all laughed at harsh seventh grade JL, but like legit, what are you going to do with it? If you would, let's just everybody close our eyes. Let's create some private space to think about things in our heart. How many of you would say, if God's going to make that kind of proclamation of love to me, I want to respond. I want to respond to God's love. And the way that I would invite you to respond is if you realize you've responded to God's love in the past and you've begun the friendship with him, just for now, you've already responded. Just lift up your hand. You've already responded to the love of God on some level. That's awesome. That's like half of us, right? 
You guys can put your hands down. So my next question is for the other half. For those of you who didn't quite feel like you could raise your hand yet, tonight's your night. Tonight's the night God wrote a love letter with a poem and declared his undying love for your awesomeness and he slides it across the table to you and he asks for an answer. What's your answer? If your answer is yes, yes, I wanna love that God back. Yes, I wanna say I'm sorry for my sins and mistakes and I want to be in a friendship with you. I wanna get to know a God that's so serious about me that, that he'll attack hug me like that panda bear in the gift. I, I like wanna know that God. I wanna be in a relationship with him. If that's where you're at and that's what you're feeling, everyone's head bowed and eyes still closed, you're ready to respond to that kind of love. Would you raise up your hand so we can pray for you? It's awesome. So many hands, guys. For the benefit of those who raise their hands, let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me first. And thank you for loving me best. We pray you would forgive of our sins. We're sorry. We ask that you would come into our lives and be our Lord, be our Savior from this moment forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, as many of you did, we want to encourage you to find an adult in the room, one of the blue team pastors, something like that, and just say, hey, I'd made that decision. I prayed that prayer. I began that friendship. That's the first step to beginning a lifelong best friend status relationship with Jesus. And we're so excited for those of you that did that. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.